For those of you who don't know me well, I am Dwight Buholtz. Uh, I have been through a variety of steps to be where I am. Um, immediately after leaving college, I worked with Campus Crusade for Christ in college ministry for five years. After that, it was 20 years as a Southern Baptist pastor. And for the last six years, I've been teaching science at Kings Fork High School and teaching biology to 14-year-olds or 15-year-olds or 16-year-olds or the occasional senior who's failed it for three years, and we're going to give him one last try. <laughs> However, looking back at my life, I often feel like this great piece of scripture from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 20, 24 says this, All our steps are ordered by the Lord. How then can we understand our ways? And sometimes life feels a little bit like that. Just like, I hope somebody's got the wheel, because I sure don't. As we look at our scripture today, we are confronted with the Sabbath. It's all about Jesus coming to the synagogue on the Sabbath, how he interacts with the people that are there, and how he heals this woman who has been afflicted for 18 years. The thing is, in our modern context and, and what we think of when we think about the Sabbath, a lot of times this looks like a tempest in a teapot. That we look at it and we go, well, of, of course. I mean, this is kind of a, you know, kind of a small thing to get all worked up about. Why is everybody arguing and fussing? Most of the time when we deal with questions of the Sabbath, we're like, should I mow my lawn on Sunday? Is that okay? Is it a problem? I have an opinion on that. It, 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 you know, it's fine. But anyway, that's just an opinion. But when we come to this scripture, I think... Part of what we need to do is understand and take seriously the people in it. You see, the reason that there's such a, a brouhaha over this question of the Sabbath is that about 200 years before the time that Jesus was born, there was a Greek king who wanted to eradicate Jewish culture and Jewish religion from the area that had been previously Judah and Israel and that he was now king over. And he set about trying to literally wipe out the entire cultural and religious heritage. And as a part of that war, realized these, these people obey the Sabbath, a time when they don't work. And so this king got his forces to an attack, a group, on the Sabbath day, and being uncertain about whether or not they would be working by defending themselves, soldiers, soldiers soldiering, being working, this entire area did not defend themselves when attacked on the Sabbath. And it kicked off this discussion of, oh, what is allowable and is not allowable. Is it okay for us to defend ourselves and not? And so while we view it so often in our culture today as a trivial or a small issue, when Jesus is speaking here, it's an issue of life and death. It's an issue of identity and existence. And so it helps us to, to give respect. Respect to the synagogue leader that it's not that he's just grumpy about someone not obeying the rules, but that it really is a deep-seated, visceral issue. The people there. And Jesus himself, as we analyze and see his response, it's interesting to look at the line that he walks down. 
When we step back a little bit, if we're going to understand the Sabbath, we've got to take a look at how God treats and institutes the Sabbath. And the first thing we're struck with looking at the scripture is this looks like it's kind of important. After all, God, when God presents creation, he presents creation as six days of work, and then he took the day off. That God put rest into the very first example that he gives us of anything. And then when we look on, we notice that God makes it a commandment. Now, most of us, we come to the Bible, and we immediately say, that is a really big book. Not only is that a really big book, there are a lot of commandments in there. A lot. And we in our heads start to sort out, well, some of these must be more important, and some of these probably are a little less important, and we can kind of figure out which ones we want to hold on to and which ones we can think about every once in a while. And God knows us better than we know ourselves. So he knew that when he said, take the Sabbath day, make it holy, rest on that day, that we would go, oh, that sounds nice, and we put it to the side. So what does God do? God makes it one of the top ten. And he puts right there in the Ten Commandments, the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. And then this is the good part. You, your son, or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. So not only don't you do any work, but don't make anybody else do any work either. The Sabbath is not just the province of those who have the ability to have people, but that is for absolutely everyone. Then he goes on, and we notice that the Sabbath gets hit on again in the time of the prophets. That when we look at the various prophets, one of the things they come up against the nation of Israel with is they say, you have profaned my Sabbaths. You have not been keeping them. You've been working on them and working through them and not giving people a break. And even in the time of Nehemiah, Nehemiah comes back to Jerusalem. He's restoring the walls of the, of the city. He's restoring the, the pride of place of Jerusalem after its destruction. And as he's doing this, Nehemiah has got to tell the people, you're still not keeping the Sabbath. In fact, he has to shut the gates on the Sabbath day and refuse to let the merchants in. And say, you, you have to stay out there. You can't come in and you can't have people buying and selling on the day. And then he has to go on and run them off from in front of the gates because the people were getting up in the morning on the, on the Sabbath day and going, I think I'll just take a walk. You know, I'm not really going to buy anything, but I think I'll take a walk out in front of the city gates. And I might happen to see something and need to pick it up, but I'm not really doing any work. Over and over and over again, we find in the scripture this idea where God tells us we need to take a break and then keeps on reminding us of it. And not even just you need to take a break, but you need to take a break for a day every single week. Why do we fight that so hard? I think it comes down to our anxiety and our fear and our sense that if I don't take care of everything, it's all going to fall apart. If I don't do everything on my to-do list, it's going to break. No one will catch it. 
and my life will dissolve. It's that old self-help mantra, if it's to be, it's up to me. And we hold on to that. Not only do we do that, but we have invented a whole mythology of laziness. And I call it the mythology of kids these days. One of the best sort of examples of this has been running around recently. Some of you may have seen it on Facebook or other social media, but this has been going on repeatedly, where someone assembles a group of quotes from 1750 and 1780 and the 1830s and 1914 and 1935 and so on. And all of the quotes essentially say the same thing. Kids these days don't know how to do work. They expect to show up at the job and not do anything and still get paid. They just don't understand how to get things done. And of course, the funny thing about that is in 1914, the 40 and 50 year olds are writing this or that about that new group of kids that are coming up into the workforce. And then 20 years later in the 30s, those kids that didn't know how to get work done are the ones writing the article going, you know, kids these days, they just don't know how to do hard work. And then the kids they were complaining about in the 30s will come the 50s, they're talking about how the kids these days, they just show up and expect a paycheck. See, we have this whole mythology we've come up with of laziness, but God knows us better than we know ourselves. And God knows that the default state for a human being is not being lazy and sitting around. The default state for a human being is to hustle around at top speed because we're mighty in control of everything. We want to be able to make sure we got it all going and everything where it needs to be and we're relying only on ourselves. The thing is, it's not just limited to these American quotes from our own history. But it's actually pretty much at any place in the world, at any time in history, you find that same mythology. And if you look up um, Greek philosophers from 500 years before the birth of Christ, and you find them bemoaning the state of the young, and I don't know what's going to happen to our republic if these young people don't get serious. That you go over and you look at a court scribe in China in the Qin period, and they're writing down about how terrible the work ethic of this next generation coming up is, and I don't know what's going to happen to the empire. We go to the point of creating this elaborate mythology to keep us working. But God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he tells us that what we need to hear is not work hard or do more. What we need to hear is take a break. Stop, let go, and hand it off to God. And that God will watch over our lives. God will watch over our situation. God is still working and taking care of us. We don't have to be the one to make it all happen. As we come to understand this idea of the Sabbath, 
The final evidence, the final example that we have is Jesus himself. That as we look to the ministry of Christ, as we look to what is undoubtedly the most important job in the whole world, right? I mean, what Jesus was doing for his job on the planet, more important than everything that we've done. But where do we find him on the Sabbath morning? Sitting in the synagogue. The vast majority of the time being taught instead of teaching. God is calling you. Not to more work. Not to greater work. Not to fuller work. Not to crossing more T's and dotting more I's. God is calling you to take a break. To hand him the anxieties, the fears, the frustration, and the worry. And find a way to rest. Amen. Amen.